Thank you, Andrew. Uh, the lights are down. Wow, okay, there you all are. Um, my name is Karis Frigi. I am married to Chad Frigi. We have five kids. We've lived here 12 years. Um, we just got back from Waco, Texas, where the Antioch movement had staff and elders from all the churches across the country come. There were 650 people and 350 kids. So it was amazing, but coming back from a trip like that, you're like, did we have fun? Like, was that fun with five kids? I don't know if it was fun. I don't know, I don't know how I feel. Um, but I, the content was great. Um, but I'm gonna finish our series today of Turn Aside. So if you've missed it, every year we ask the Lord, Lord, what are you saying to our church for this year? Lindsay Frazee had this great idea to actually put the words up for every year in our lobby, so someone needs to get on that. Um, but this year, this year, uh, we heard turn aside out of Exodus, um, when Moses basically turns aside to the burning bush, and this can go a lot of ways. But we believe what the Lord is saying is just come back to the one thing. Look at the one thing. Heather's message uh, two weeks ago was just so wonderful in its simplicity and its poignancy of we are, we're making the one thing the one thing. And so this week, I get to share in that same topic, turn aside, and we're actually gonna look at Psalm 32. Um, the title of today is Turn Aside and Stay Near. Okay, so Psalm 32, I'm gonna give you some background. People think that David actually wrote this psalm after Psalm 51. Are you familiar with Psalm 51? Okay, so King David, just quick version, great guy. Starts out really great. 25 years after he's anointed by Samuel, you're gonna be the next king, you're gonna be a man after God's own heart. He finally gets to be king. He's making a bunch of right decisions until he stops making right decisions. Um, it says in the spring, when kings were supposed to be going to war, he doesn't go to war, he stays. He sees a beautiful woman bathing. He decides not to go and be with his many wives, but he wants that one. And so I think what we're reading into this is he leaves the counsel of God, which he has sought his whole life, battle after battle, time after time. He leaves the counsel of God, and in his arrogance, he thinks, I'm king, I can have what I want. So he takes this woman, he ends up getting her pregnant, and um, in fear of being found out, he has her husband come home from the battlefield where David should actually be. Uriah is one of David's mighty men. And Uriah comes back, ooh, and David won't even, uh, Uriah won't even go home to be with his wife. He's like, I'm, I'm part of the troops. I need to be where God's called me to be. I don't know if that was to kind of passive aggressively shame David, but it should have. And David sends a message to the commander of the army, Joab, and he says, have this guy killed, because I'm king. So he does. And David is living the rest of his life with the consequences of walking away from the counsel of God. But then Psalm 51 comes, and this is beautiful Psalm of his repentance. He says, create in me a clean heart. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. So Psalm 32, people think was written after this. And if you read the beginning of Psalm 32, he says, blessed is the man whose transgressions are forgiven, whose iniquity is covered. So David is living in the light of God's forgiveness. Not that there aren't consequences he's gonna walk with his whole life, but he's walking in forgiveness. And then the Lord speaks in this Psalm. And we wanna hear what God has to say after he's forgiven David. But what does God say? So look at verse eight. God says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. Um, some versions say, stay near you. Many are the woes of the wicked, 
but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in him. So when we read this, this is God's response. I'm gonna forgive you, but this is what I wish would have happened because I will instruct you and teach you. This is God's willingness. I will tell you how to live, but you have to stay near. Don't be like a horse or a mule. So I started to think about, sometimes at church here, we say that salvation is not just a destination, it's a what? It's an invitation. So I I was reading this and kind of meditating on this, um, and I got this picture of what salvation looks like. And I'm gonna have Diego show that, or John Gilbert show the picture that Diego pulled for me of what salvation is. Okay, what is that? Being what? What is the wild horse? Being broken in. Okay, guys, when we sign up to know Jesus, we are a wild stallion. God has to break us. Some of us get broken much easier. Some of us, like myself, fight the bit and then we fight the bridle. Did you know you even have to break them in to put a bit in? And then you break them in to put a bridle in? And that's even before you ride them? Okay. So we can be done. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay, Charles Spurgeon says, it is much to be deplored that we so often need to be severely chastened before we will obey. We ought to be as a feather in the wind, wafted readily in the breath of the Holy Spirit. But alas, we lie like motionless logs and stir not with heaven itself in view. Don't raise your hand if you like, are like, I'm a log, but <laughs> I'm kind of a log. Um, John 5, 19, Jesus says that he only does what he sees the Father doing. Did you know that Jesus had to grow in favor with God and man? So he had to grow. He learned obedience through the things that he suffered. Jesus learned how to submit. Now, theologically, he was God, but he spent his life getting self away and focusing on the Father, looking at the Father and saying, you lead me. I have all the power of God dwelling in me, but I'm gonna let God the Father direct my steps. He did this to show us it's humanly possible to be fully yielded to be fully submitted. I love how Graham Cook says this. He says, God has called us to be ruled by our spirit, to submit our outer man to the inner man. But the soul is more in love with the idea of God than with God himself. The soul drags its heels, trying desperately to avoid surrendering to the spirit. Can I get an amen? It manifests itself, think about this horse, in willful displays, deluded thinking, and odd emotional behavior. Our soul refuses to surrender easily to our spirit because it wants to be number one. It will rule us to the point of what? Ruining us. Souls hate being weak. They would much rather flex their intellectual, willful, or emotional muscles to prove their strength. Our soul needs to recognize it will only truly happen when we have no authority but have taken the attitude of serving what God has placed within us, our spirit. Up until salvation, our soul ruled us because our spirit was dead, but your spirit was made alive with Jesus. But some of us do not know how to yield. We don't know how to get off the throne. Do you know that a horse can't even be used for what it's made to be used for until it's broken? So you can be beautiful in a wild stallion, you just don't have much purpose in the kingdom of God until the Father can use you and break you in. 
So because I'm like 2% of the time doing this, I've recruited some help. So I'm gonna bring up four friends, four amazing people in our congregation. We have Bill Frege, he's my father-in-law. Come up. We have Brad Huff. We have Sonia Waters. Everyone's like, is she gonna call on me? Like, am I next? I already told these people. Laurel Caruana. Right? I mean, like, I could just give them the mic and they could actually preach the message. But um, so we have these four people. They're amazing. They're gonna tell us what they do. But I just wanna point out none of them are on staff. Not that the staff is bad, but this should be encouraging that I'm in the way. That, <clears throat> that these are normal lay people, just like you and me. And I, I, you know, the Olympics are on right now, right? And CrossFit is also having CrossFit games for those of you who are into that. And I was thinking about, besides the natural ability, the difference between them and me is the time, right? That they've spent honing a craft. So as we hear today, if you feel a little bit of personal shame, it's just that they've spent time staying near, surrendering, and yielding. So the wisdom that we're gonna hear today is coming from that place of yieldedness. Who's ready? Cool. Okay, so everybody go down the line. Tell us who you are and what you do. I'm Sonia. Like, what do I do? She said, what do you do? I'm like, do a lot of small things. I'm a mom. Shout out to the guy in the pink shirt behind the camera. Uh, Nate, super proud of that person. And we have uh, three children. John and I have three other children, including Nate. Um, I teach at two different schools, chemistry and physics, and... Um, Isn't that surprising? She teaches chemistry and pray physics. Pray a lot. I don't know pray why. Pray a lot with people. I'm Bill Frege, uh, better known as Pops, because I have 14 grandkids, and uh, I'm in the water treatment business. I'm Laurel Caruana, and I'm a stay-at-home homeschool mom of four, one on the way, showing up. I mean, I drank the water here, guys. Watch out. <laughs> yeah. I'm Brad Huff. I, uh, I have a construction business we run in town, and uh, I'm Kathy's husband. And, and I kind of feel like, you know that when you get a loaf of bread, you cut that end off? I kind of feel like nope. that here with all these nope. giants here next to me. So I was, that's I was literally I just going to say, Brad, please tell us, you just flew in from where? D.C. And what were you doing? Well, we were doing some deliverances last At night. a deliverance <laughs> conference. So if anyone needs deliverance, here you are, um, which we all probably do. Um, okay, so I just wanted to start with um, the Ten Commandments. The first thing God says is, you shall have no other gods before me. And we always think of, at least I do, God's out there, but there's a God in here, which is myself. And I find it highly encouraging to talk to Pops about um, his process of regeneration because a lot of you know Bill now, but there was a Bill then. And I find it really encouraging to hear stories about how the breaking in process went for Pops. Can you just take us into, you told me once about the refrigerator box, you felt like you were in it and climbing your way out. What did God have to do to get you to be you. You notice when she's wanting to talk about failure, she called on me. Yeah, that's to, right. To talk. It's encouraging. Um, so, um, the word says that the law is a tutor, given to us as a tutor to lead us to Christ. Uh, another way to look at that, not only the Old Testament law, 
the 600 and some do's and don'ts, but you get born again, you start studying the word, and it says, I'm supposed to be joyful, peaceful. I'm supposed to be this loving husband, and I love my, I agape my wife in a way that she really feels God's love, and it makes her whole, and my kids look this way, and my business looks this way, and that law or that word is a tutor to say, uh, Bill, something is gone awry here. Uh, your wife has told you 500 times that, uh, Bill, I just don't feel like you love me. And uh, your kids, your family really doesn't look like this, and you don't have enough money. And um, so something isn't lining up. It is a, a tutor, and its purpose, uh, you know, God uses failure to hopefully get us to turn to get a download to be that branch that turns, that repents, attaches to the vine, that sap of the Holy Spirit starts to flow, and then Jesus starts to love my wife through me and lead my business and father my kids. But for some of us, and this is really what Karis was getting at, so I'll just, uh, for Please, some of us... preach it for me. For, for some of us, the process is much longer, like decades, <laughs> because we have a little bit stronger flesh, so it takes a little bigger club. Uh, um, it's really the bit and bridle, and, and he's using that bit and bridle to, to turn my head almost like that picture of that horse. Why? So that I, it says, otherwise you will not draw near. So he, he turns that. Now, now, granted, I'm spending most of my try, time trying to fix the problems. He's trying to get me to do this so that I can taste and see that he is good and want to just stay there. Who, who meets with Bill and has heard him say the turn thing? Okay, so this is a helpful thing for all of us to think about, is the turn. So during my, this is why I'm doing it 2% of the time, because I yell at the kids and I'm like, oh wait, shoot, turn, turn. First, before behavior modification, it's the presence. It's looking at him and saying, I don't know how to do this. And I love that Bill talked about the bigger club, because I think for strong-willed people, this is hard, because I want to manage myself. And what he's saying is we can't, right? Now, when I meet with Sonia, see, I meet, I meet with different people because they bring me different gifts, but when I meet with Sonia, there, I always say that Sonia feels younger than I am um, because there is a childlike dependency in Sonia, and she has counseled me on this, and one of the things she talks about is staying in kindergarten with God, that all of us kind of want to grow up past needing God. We just don't want to be dependent. You know what I mean? Like, you want to be like, and now I've got it, and let me go do great exploits, um, so take us into a little bit of that, Sonia. Well, thankfully, it's just easy because it's kindergarten. <laughs> I was reading in First John lately and noticed how many times he addresses us as little children. And I hadn't ever noticed that before, and it resonated so much. So um, staying near, and this is kind of recent, 
this is what he's doing recently, um, involves for me just asking a lot of really easy or simple questions. Um, I, we all, I think, but I really know that when I uh, get a principle from the word, I'll just go with it. You know, like, okay, I'm gonna live that way. And um, that is not staying near, that's living by a principle. That's sure. just something that we take and run away from him with. Not that the principle isn't there and important, but it's the relationship that he wants. I always right. talked about having, like that Christianity is all about a relationship, but I remember a big part of my life was as an adult, a young mom um, crying about, whining about, I don't hear God's voice. And people would say, you know, God told me this or he showed me this. I'm like, that rarely, if ever, happens to me. And I would sit in my closet, what do you wanna say? Nothing, nothing, nothing. So, uh, that was years ago, and over time, uh, there, was, there were some big markers, and then there were some little discipleships that he's taken me through, but um, one big marker was recognizing that I was lacking some of the Holy Spirit. Didn't really, I kind of understood some theological things about him, didn't really know what it meant to have a unique relationship with him. So that was a big one, a big turning, and that came through broken, a broken tragic time and it was a desperation but a lot of the little the little training has just been learning to inquire of him like David when he was doing that and then asking um, really simple questions and there are super lots of super practical things but um, I if I'm in a there are places in our lives where we can hear easily there are places where we can't and in the places where I can't I keep it really yes or no because I can usually sense if God, if I'm looking for direction from him, if there's a yes or a no. Um, so there's, you know, asking him questions for um, direction. There's asking him questions for friendship. What do you love about me? I'm so distracted that I see my friend Caleb there. Uh, hi, Caleb. Um, hearing him for other people, hearing him for... Um, for worship, for praying. Like, there's just different ways to hear from him. And so it's not so much about the outcomes that we're living out. It's about the relationship and the conversation. If we say we're in relationship with God, then we better have a two-way conversation going at all times. And so the other, I'll try and wrap this up. The other big thing for me is just uh, changing my expectation. Jesus said we hear his voice, we are his sheep. We're not sheep to other people, we're sheep to him. We hear his voice, we are his sheep. The spirit of God in me always is communing with the Father, always. That's the purpose of the Holy Spirit in me. And so if I can just be, pay attention to my spirit rather than what I see with my eyes um, and hear with my ears, I don't even remember what I started that paragraph with. But the last thing, yes, I brought my little book, even though before she said she was gonna direct this kindergarten question to me. This is a book written for kids. It's called Eyes That See and Ears That Hear. It's written for parents to lead their kids in hearing God, but it is the best. It starts out like, it's just little activations, like questions to ask. The first one that I had an actual long encounter with Jesus about was, what game do you wanna play with me? It was glorious. Okay, so I just want to capsize both of those by saying this is a growing process. Capsize means tip over a boat. So not capsize. <laughs>
summer? Okay, guys. <laughs> um, but I think it's helpful to realize... You guys aren't very connected at this point, are you? Oh, my gosh. That we all can grow in this, and there's been a growing process that Sonia Waters didn't always hear God should really be like, okay, okay, you know? Um, I wanted to ask Laurel, but before I do, I, Laurel, speak into this question of how important, you know, is you want to hear God, so you sit in a corner by yourself, and you don't know what the Word says. Tell us about how important knowing the Word of God is mm. in order to hear the fresh Word that He wants to speak to you today. Yes, I love that so much. Before I answer that question, please, I just want to uh, share an encouragement to all of you right now, just in the presence of God, that he is um, speaking. Whatever you may hear this morning, there may be stories that you hear that feel, I can never do that. I'm so, I'm not even anywhere near that. And as I was driving in praying this morning, I had a picture of a piece of clay and the Holy Spirit said, we have all been formed out of the same clay. And if you will just yield your heart to say, God, whatever you want to make of me, whatever happened yesterday is not going to determine what you can do in me today, because in your hands, anything is possible. So I just bless you right now. Whatever the Holy Spirit may whisper to you this morning, grab hold of it by faith and say, if you say it, I believe it, God. If you want to do it, I'm yours. So Holy Spirit, do that in me and all of us today, this morning, I pray. Um, about the knowing the Word of God. It is just the simplest, easiest way to hear from God. It's, the Bible is called God's Word. So if you don't feel like you hear from God, then open up the Bible. Like, that's easy, <laughs> okay? Um, and when you open up the Bible, um, you know, the, the word says that without faith, it's impossible to please God because anybody who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And so if you're seeking him, you have a reward coming your way. <laughs> Just tra train your heart to be expectant when you open up the Bible. Just insist on it. Like for me, when I first started meeting with God, I, I met him in a place that was alone. And I used to walk down the stairs because I had to be alone because I didn't want to be self-conscious because talking into the space with nobody there is a little weird. Um, but I would walk down the stairs and I would turn around the corner. And every time I'd go down there, I'd say, hi, God, forcing myself to recognize he's in the room with me. He's in the room with you. If it helps you to set an empty chair next to you, then do it. Do whatever helps your faith come alive and grab hold of the invisible realm that we can't see with our eyes, but our spirits are being transformed as we're with him. The Holy Spirit one time told me about the word, um, and with my kids, the more we take in his word, it's the more like handing our master painter more colors on his palette to paint something and communicate something beautiful to us. Because, you know, Jesus said that, or somewhere in the scripture, I can't remember, but th that he would remind us 
the Holy Spirit would remind us of the things that the Holy that Jesus had said. Yes. Right? That's good. I said capsize, so really you're free. <laughs> Whatever you want. Whatever you want to say. So the more you take the word in, the more you're giving the Holy Spirit opportunity at another time to say, hey, remember that scripture? Remember what you read? Because sometimes we come away and we're like, I don't really know why that was important. I don't really know what I just took in. But you put it, you put it in the jar. He will, he will bring it back when you need it. Okay, the end. That was so good. Um, I want to move to Brad Huff because I think you model this so well, um, is community, the aspect of hearing God in the context of community. And if you know Brad Huff, you know that he, he is the most humble person probably in this room. And he's also a learner. He's yeah. always, he's like, oh, you have something. I'm going to go with you so I can learn from you and be with you. And you seek out wise counsel like no one I know. Um, and so I just want to hear from you, like, when did that start? What does it look like for us to want to hear God, to recognize someone else seems to be hearing God on this? So I'm just going to show up and glean. Yeah, I think that's, I think it came from an unhealthy point initially. Just um, my, I always had a strong desire to win. And so unhealthily, I wanted to be better than everybody else. <laughs> and so that's where it started. And uh, like Bill was speaking, um, a, a lot of failures, a lot of uh, correcting, a lot of talks with the, with the Lord, and, and uh, slowly over time, that, that desire to win has really died, and it's more about um, just the desire to be connected, um, and so now I, John 3, 8, you know, the, Jesus says we don't know where the wind's coming from, where it's going, but you just follow it, yeah. and that, that's really where I'm at in this season of life. I don't I don't have a, a, a mission statement. I don't have the end goal. And it's just, Lord, wherever you're leading me, I'll go. And I, I personally have some litmus test for that to say, is this from you or is this my own will? And um, if I have peace on it, I, I go. It's amazing. Um, I want to hear, we have five minutes left. I just want to hear testimonies of being led. Um, recently, where you felt like God spoke something, you obeyed and it benefited you or someone else. Any stories that you guys want to share? And just reach for the mic. I mean, I have a really recent one. It's not Please. huge, but Great. it's very fresh in my mind because it happened last week. Um, we've begun practicing. The women who gather in my prayer group have been virtual for a while, have now started saying, hey, let's practice listening for God in public places and just pray and be available and on God's errand. So we've been going to various places. We went to, uh, what, Holiday Park last week? And so I did listening prayer before we went. And that just means where I sit with God by myself and just say, God, um, what do you, what, what do you, what's in your imagination? What's in your heart? And I, I just, any detail that seems random that comes to my mind, I write it down. So I wrote down, woman in black with the head covering, um, jasmine, hurt leg. I just wrote down these random little tidbits. It was just little phrases that were not seemingly connected. We go to the park and we gather as a little group and we start to pray. And I look up and as we're getting ready to start to pray, there's a lady walking down the street who's in all black with a black head covering. I was like, oh, that's my girl. I guess I'm going. <laughs> Bye guys. So I grab a friend and, and we go. Creepily kind of follow her for a second. And then I'm like, Jesus, I don't want to be creepy. <laughs> so just help me to 
carry your heart to her. So I eventually just looked for an opening and I didn't see one. And so I thought, Lord, I'm going to take one then. So I walked up to her and, and just said, hello, this may sound a little weird, but this morning I was praying and I asked God to show me if there was anybody he wanted me to reach out to and to pray for. Um, and I wrote this down and I actually had the page from my journal in my pocket to show her. And uh, some scripture that had also come to my mind at the same time. And she said, wow, I wasn't even supposed to be here today. And she said, I've been undergoing dialysis. And she was so touched as she realized God sees her. When she hadn't made plans in her mind, God had made plans in his to encounter her. So we got to pray for healing for her and bless her. And, and I gave her my paper. I realized walking away, there was a bunch of details on that paper that I didn't ever address with her. I got so excited about the moment and walked away and thought, well, okay, Lord, let's see who else you want to touch. So I, we prayed and had other encounters. Sonia had a crazy powerful encounter that was amazing with a guy named Joe. I don't want to steal any thunder about that. But we went to lunch afterward with my mom, moms actually, <laughs> and my kids, and we were sharing what were your God stories. And I hadn't been with them the whole time, and so my mom, Ann, says, well, I didn't have many encounters, but there was this one doula that I met. Her name is Jasmine. And I was like, what? What? And then all of a sudden, it starts dawning on me, wait, Sonia's crazy, powerful encounter that my son prayed for Joe was about his hurt leg. And I'm sitting there going, Lord, you told me stuff. How many times have I heard God's voice? And I still am shocked when I'm like, oh my gosh. So I just want to encourage you, try. Just try. That's the only way to learn. Yes. And I think that that goes to the, the principle of us being broken in is never just for us. If Laurel hadn't been listening, other people wouldn't have been blessed. So you getting broken in matters for you, yes, and your family and your friends and strangers. Anybody else? Yes. Yeah, and I'll, I'll just, to piggyback on what she was saying, I, and I, I feel the Lord prompting this. The, the things you're, you're asking about, the connection, the, these things are better caught than taught. Like, these are not intellectual things we're talking about. And one thing I, I found about myself and just, I think really the Western world, maybe the whole world, but we're really bad at receiving. And we serve a God who wants to give constantly. And if we don't start receiving what he wants to give, we, we can't go any further. And so the things that she was just talking about that, just, that, that she heard and experienced, th those were not intellectual. Like for me, the biggest block between me and the Spirit's my mind. And as soon as it starts, as soon as I start thinking, well, Lord, that doesn't make any, it's the same thing Peter did whenever Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. He was being revealed something and his mind caught up and said, no, Lord, never. And that is not of the spirit. And Jesus called him Satan. He said to get behind me. So I just really encourage you just to know these are not things that can be taught. They can be caught and just to really receive whatever the Lord and the Holy Spirit has for you. So good. Yes. Sonia. Yes. Anybody else want Sonia and Bill to give some before we wrap up? Yes. Go. Thanks for the time. I just want to build on that because uh, the Lord was really clarifying to me about our souls. And I love the, the things that you were sharing about our soul is so important. And sometimes we feel like we're at war with it. Like, oh, that's from my soul. And it's soul. Okay, mind, 
will, like your desires, and your emotions. That's sometimes how we define soul versus spirit, where God lives, and we're one with him, and we're in constant communion, versus our bodies, which we all know. But our souls, the Lord was showing me, can to be kindergarten about it, um, three different states. One would be all on board with our spirit. Soul is cooperative, all on board, surrendered. Um, and these are like different areas. You can be all on board in some area of your life, not quite on board on, in others, et cetera. So think of areas of your life. So all on board. It can be um, a kindergartner and in training, or it can be in total rebellion. And we treat those areas differently. And you know, I sometimes feel like I'm seven different people at one time. I, I only hear the voice else? of God, but, um, so, but it's just like a, a soul um, soul is in different levels of surrender. And so when our spirit is in rebellion, which is a lot of what you were kind of addressing, then be nice to it. Give it a little grace. It's just hurting. It's afraid. It's got some defenses up. And you treat that by just going after its healing. And then if it's training, you give it a lot of grace like you do when you're teaching your child to walk and it, he falls down. You don't shame him. You Help him get back up. There's no shame. And so um, I think that's uh, important that if you're not connected in a certain area, it can take years. Like for me, some areas take, have, have taken years of just like going after it and after it and after it and after it. But go after it. It's worth it because the soul surrendered to God wants to do everything your spirit wants to do. Who wants to do everything that he wants to do? And then it's fun and easy. And that should be how we're moving more and more that way. I love it. Well, I, can you just tell us, am I right about this, that the business that you had, God began to give you dreams about some of the solutions? Yeah, yeah I'm not smart enough to figure them out myself. It's true. <laughs> um, yeah, just, um, I guess, just kind of a big picture thing, I guess, just as encouragement, um, you know, it says in Galatians 6 that um, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever man sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh from the flesh will reap corruption, which is basically death or separation. But the one who sows and sows and sows and sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit from the Spirit, reap eternal life. That's what we're talking about here isn't like some super Christianity. Amen. It is what Christ came to give us. He said, I came that you might have life. That's a word that means his life in us. He calls eternal life, his eternal life living in us. So we... How much, the more we fail, the more we have to look to him because he is the one that has to do it. But don't think, is there anything else in your life? Say you want to be, the Olympics are on, you want to be an Olympic whatever, sprinter. There is not one person in the Olympics that didn't have a plan to get there. And the plan wasn't, well, I'm going to run kind of when I feel like it. And, you know, if God really wants me to go to the Olympics, I'm going to go. No, 
that wasn't one person's plan. We have our part. Our part is to sow to the Spirit. I encourage you, if you're to spend time chewing on God's Word, meditating on it, memorizing it, like it has already been said, and while you do it, and while you do anything, there's always one goal, to be with Him. If you can't be with him while you're in your quiet time, in the word, there is not a chance that you're going to be turning to him to listen while you're in that tough spot and when your kids go running through the house and when your wife or your husband does this silly thing or whatever. Uh, And if you feel like it's impossible... It's because you think that you need to do it. And when he says, I want your spirit and soul and body to be preserved complete without blame. And then what's it say? Faithful is he who called you and what? He also, he also will bring it to pass. Get deeper into the river. The deeper you get, the river will begin to carry you and you're not repenting, repenting. Repenting is like paddling upstream, walking in the spirit. The deeper you get in the river, the river literally begins to carry you and and you will understand what he said when he said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He just said, that's it. That is it. Um, we're going we're gonna to have them stand up front. Um, team's going to come up. Yes, please come up. I, I want to um, have an altar call. You want to say something? I just, I have three areas I think God wants us to move on. So my hope is that this is full up here. Um, and there are three things. First of all, you are the wild stallion. And you didn't even know there was a corral. (laughs) You didn't even know God wanted to meet with you until today. And I want to say today could be your day of salvation to say, I'm stepping into the corral. I know there's a lot. And Lord, if you want me, you can have me. So if that's you, I want you to come forward and someone can pray with you to receive Jesus as your Lord as the one who's going to break you in, in his kindness and in his goodness. The second group is, as you're listening to this, you're like, there are parts of me that are not submitted. And I need greater surrender. So I'm gonna put a stake in the ground today. It matters to say it out loud to someone else and to say, I want to surrender this area of my life. If that's you, come up and share that. And then the third, I think is the group that feels like they wanna be broken in, but there's a block and you need God to speak. So our team of prayer people have the Holy Spirit and they hear God. So if you need a prophetic word, you need something that comes from God, ask, say, can you just pray for me that the Lord would speak something to you for my life to give me new wind today? Those are the the three areas I had. Um, So I'm gonna have lights come down and then these people are gonna stand up front to pray and our other prayer team, please come forward, y'all can stand. And then Andrew's gonna, yes. I wanna add just a few details to this. We got a couple of minutes left, it's so good. Um, Why don't you go ahead and stand up. And I wanna read where Kara started us. Um, 
what, what I want us to do is I'm gonna read this and I want us all, we're just gonna, before anybody really moves too much, we're gonna all wait on us, just be still for a second. And we're all gonna ask God, Lord, what's my step forward today? Every, every single one of us has it. And then we're gonna respond kind of to the way that Karis uh, did that. But um, she, we, we were spoken to today about um, you know, having our faith stirred up to hear his voice. And the Bible itself tells us that faith comes by hearing, by hearing the word of God. And so Karis started us in the perfect spot this morning. Psalm 32, verses eight and nine. This is the word of the Lord. And then band, I'm just gonna have you guys just play, not, not sing. We're just gonna play um, and you can minister to the Lord with the songs because that matters. Ooh, so good. Verse eight, this is from the Lord. I will instruct you. That could be good right there. (laughs) I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Be not like a horse or a mule without understanding which must be curbed with a bit and bridle, or it will not stay near you. Lord, we thank you right now. And we just, we come to you, not in our own strength, but in your promise that you will instruct us and teach us in the way we should go. That you will counsel us with your eye upon us. And so Lord, right now we believe that your eye is on us, that you're teaching us and instructing us. And so, Lord, if there is any, like, like Psalm 51, like Karis mentioned, Lord, if there be any grievous way in us, would you just come create a pure heart in us? And would you instruct us right now in the way that we should go? So I just want to be still for a second and just let the Lord speak to you.